0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, middle of the night, wherever you may be. This is Sean. This is Alex. And we are here with Cozy Kings Radio, first episode of 2020. We just came back after an incredibly long day at Walt Disney World, as today was probably the messiest day for Rise of Resistance when it came to boarding groups, when it came to standing by after you got your boarding group time called and then fast got dumped and then got fast fast back and um so we're gonna talk about that a little bit but also just talk about rise of the resistance in general or we thought of it our first time we thought of it our second time and kind of just discuss the positives and kind of highlight some of the negatives that we uh, we found so yeah we'll just dedicate the first episode of the year to um probably the most significant attraction opening in, in the region of 2019 i should say yeah
1: we um, Today was interesting because, uh, well, it was the first anniversary of us uh, moving to Florida, January 3rd. And so we thought, um, why don't we do something kind of, I don't know. It just lucked out that um, our annual passes were not blocked today because it's a Friday. Um, yesterday was, you know, the day after New Year's Day. Of course, holidays are blocked, and usually the day before and after a holiday is blocked for residual crowds. But um, our pass was available for us to to enter for just this day of this week. Because, of course, we we don't go on weekends, so we don't have the pass that allows for weekend entry. So we thought, okay, this is kind of an odd random day on the calendar, a fluke uh, day. So we were like, we should just go. We had ridden Rise of the Resistance a couple weeks ago. And I loved it. Uh, you know, get that out in the open. We love the ride. However, our uh, second ride today, after um, quite some uh, <laughs> some hoops of fire uh, jumping through, uh, we find we didn't quite feel as passionately about it uh, the second time through.
0: I think we should start with our first visit. So a couple of weeks ago, we... Um This was when the boarding groups worked a little bit differently. The idea was you would show up at the park and in a moment you scanned in to the park like through the gates, that's when you would immediately be able to book a boarding group. So whoever came in first had the first boarding group. It kind of meant that people would show up at 4, 3 in the morning, people would just be there like really early. So you just get an early boarding group. So if you were there at 3, you were the very first person in, then you would get a boarding group at 7am and boom, you'd be out there by 8. To prevent people from showing up so incredibly early, which really caused a lot of, I guess, infrastructural delays. And it just kind of became a mess, especially around the holidays. They introduced a new boarding pass system the week of Christmas where you would show up to the park. The park gates would open 30 to 45 minutes before park opening. So, say, 6.15 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. And then everyone would, like, pre-queue inside the park. And then at 7 o'clock sharp, the boarding groups would open on the app and you would, like, book a boarding group. So you could have been there since 4 a.m. Or you could have been there since 6.45. Either way, if you hit that button, you got the first boarding group. So some people just got there and got, like, an early boarding group. Some people have been there since 4 in the morning and got a late boarding group and didn't even get to board today. So I guess the system was a little more fair and kind of kept from people showing up super early. Um, it worked better for the infrastructure that way. It definitely worked better for the
1: crowds because it was, it was packed. Like, the park was really busy. And they, Several just, they can't just, like, staff ride. people at- every hour of the day for for vehicles and stuff lining up to get into hollywood studios so even though it benefited people like us so we could roll out of you know roll out of bed and be at hollywood studios in 15 minutes it was kind of cool that first time where we we were in boarding group 10 or whatever 15, first yeah. ride um this time you know this is probably a bit more ethical uh all things considered, and certainly um creates less of, of the uh, the morning mad dash insanity and you know, having cast members show up at 2.30 in the morning to deal with uh, vehicle traffic going into the park. So, so the first is.
0: time we did it, we got in the park, we got to the park around 4.45am, went to security around 5.15 or so, and then the park gates open at 6.25 and we got boarding group 15. We got called like 8.15. It was pretty great. And then when we got called, we, we waited. Well, we, we pretty much boarded, and we walked through the entire queue without any waiting. We did the pre-show. We did the first party attraction. Um, I'm going to give you a fair, fair idea now. If you don't want any sort of spoiler, I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler here and there. <laughs> um, you should probably listen to this episode and check out some of our many episodes that are on <laughs> Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Um, wherever podcasts iTunes, are listened to. Wherever you want to find it. But um, So the first time we went, we got on pretty fairly quickly on the first part of the of the attraction and then we were queuing for the second part of the attraction you know where we board the actual ride vehicles and that's where we got dumped so we were like right about to board the ride vehicles and then we exited backstage and got a return fast pass which the ride was down for about an hour yeah it was paper it was down for about an hour or so then we came back and we got right on Mm -hmm. so that was really convenient so even though it was you know all the boarding groups were gone. We got on pretty pretty rapidly, even considering the downtime and being dumped out of the queue after our original boarding. So we did the pre-show again. We did the first party attraction again. And then we did the actual dark ride. So we'll just highlight our first experience. It was actually fantastic. I cannot believe how blown away I was by Rise of the Resistance.
1: Some really beautiful uh, aesthetic. We're kind of not really... I mean, Galaxy's Edge is is really objectively an amazingly well-themed area. It's just not really our aesthetic. We're more, you know, Tron people, Tomorrowland Shanghai kind of people, which um, that interest uh, was definitely, uh, I guess I would say, catered to almost to a degree when you're uh, doing the second part of the uh, Rise of the Resistance attraction, because when you're on the, uh, again, spoiler, spoilers, when you're on the platform of the star destroyer uh preparing to board the actual ride that aesthetic and those the clean lines and the white crispness of of the stormtroopers and stuff that is more uh enticing i think to us uh from like a theme style perspective so going from like the deliberate uh grittiness and the the, the brown hues and uh Deliberate uh, ruggedness of uh, Galaxy's Edge, and then going to the uh, the second set of pre shows for for Rise of the Resistance, and really the uh, the bulk of the ride has a much nicer uh, aesthetic, I think.
0: So the nice thing about the ride is that it uses the LPS system. Location
1: no. or a local positioning system.
0: So the ride vehicles track, aren't on drive? the track. So there's two ride vehicles interacting with each other, and then it does a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> um, so the first time we rode, we rode in a vehicle that was pretty much leading. So there's like four or five major moments where the two vehicles are together. And the majority of those moments, there's one vehicle that's leading. Yeah. And we learned in the first ride, we didn't realize that there was the vehicle right behind us. So we thought it was the greatest thing ever. Some of these scenes are so impressive when you're the first vehicle and like, again, spoilers, you're going to be going through through, through the Star Destroyer on your vehicle. And there are some really great moments where you just kind of think you're alone in this giant ride, a lot of things are happening. And I didn't quite realize on our first ride, there's a ride vehicle right behind us. Now we saw it on the video after the fact, we're like, oh wow, so the ride vehicle behind it kind of just hovers behind the entire ride. Um, even though it's a couple of parts where you split up, uh, you know, you take your own individual routes, you meet up again. The majority of the main, main big show scenes, there's the two ride vehicles are in the same show scene at the same time. So when we rode again today, we actually rode in this vehicle that's kind of hovering behind. The and rear vehicle. I cannot believe the, main, the, the huge difference in impression and the huge difference in experience If you are the front vehicle where everything happens in front of you or you're the back vehicle where you kind of see everything happening in the distance and you're not the first in the action. And it makes a big difference on how much I like the ride. I went from, like, number three Disney ride to, okay, it's in the top ten, but, like, it's maybe not even in the top five anymore. Yeah. Because right now, if you get the vehicle that hovers behind, there's four major show scenes inside Rise of the Resistance where you are not the first person experiencing it. You're kind of just witnessing the vehicle in front of you doing all the cool stuff, and you're kind of just following it. And I can't believe that that was not more alternated, because there's definitely opportunity to just alternate who does what scene first. Yeah. Um, and it just felt so one-sided. Now, we rode it in the vehicle following. Um, so, I guess that was, I mean, we loved the ride so much, but we realized our first ride on it was so much better not just because it was the first
1: time riding it. We didn't know much about it. And not just because we blew, we didn't blow an entire day trying to get on the ride like we did today. It was honestly just <laughs> kind of
0: because of that vehicle positioning that we were in. Yeah. And now the second time around, God, it just it didn't feel like we were in the action as much. And I think that's really the first downfall that we, I guess we're going to discuss even just 10 minutes into the show is that, yeah, rides resistance is really good. But don't think it's flawless by any means because your experience can vary very much from someone else,
1: depending on what which of the two ride vehicles you're in that are dispatching at the same time, I should say. With a lot of the, with, like Disney is a, has been a huge pioneer of the LPS dark rides. I mean, the very first one uh, is going to be 20 years old this year Winnie the Pooh's, uh, Pooh's Honey Hunt at Tokyo Disney. Um, the technology itself hasn't changed a whole lot, it's just individual vehicles. The vehicles themselves, designs have changed quite a bit. Um, I think. Rise of the Resistance's use of the LPS vehicles as droids is, of course, a brilliant application, like a perfect marriage of uh, of, of theming and intellectual property, marrying uh, technology available to create something so perfect. Um, but in our experience with the other LPS dark rides we've been on, like um, Mystic Manor at Hong Kong Disney or uh, Shimbolica at uh, De Eftling, these dark rides uh, send uh three to four vehicles out at a time and there's smaller vehicles and they all they don't seem to one particular vehicle doesn't seem to take precedence over the other. It's Especially kind of rotating and what they're doing. Like and all kind of have their un- own Mystic Manor, for example, is a four vehicle dispatch. Each vehicle has a slightly different point of view for the ride. Some have better views of certain scenes than others. But Mystic Manor, you can choose, you know, you can request car one, car two, car three, and so on. And uh, I think the best, still the best application, I guess my favorite application of the system being Symbolica at Efteling is that each vehicle is actually, has its own theme. Yeah, it's almost like they put three
0: rides into one show building. So you'll go through different scenes depending on what ride you chose to ride. So you have the music tour, the hero tour. And the treasures tour. And the treasure tour, translated to English, of course. Um Treasures which was kind our of favorite, makes,
1: I think, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. And so uh, and part of me now thinks about it, I'm like, well, what if Rise of Resistance had like two options? You know, like but of course the whole theme is that
1: the whole you theme, are being interrogated yeah. by the by the first order, you have no choice. You have to get a put. And yeah, and it's one thing I mean Efteling of course, as usual, goes above and beyond by giving people a reason to want to choose car one, car two, or car three by Advertising that each ride has a special characteristic that's unique. Each vehicle, each which experience. is of course
0: much easier for partly Efteling than this for Disney's Hollywood Studios and the most anticipated ride of the decade. But but at the even, same time, it does become noticeable when you experience rides like uh,
1: Mystic Manor or Symbolica I mean, and your ride rides. At least, I mean, Mystic Manor is, is obviously you, as an enthusiast, you ride it a few times, you get a feel for it, and you mm-hmm. decide which car is your favorite, based on which scenes you like the most. Rise of the Resistance, there's no luxuries there when it comes to wanting to pick your seat, because you can't. There's no point in the uh, cast member spiel, which is wonderful. The whole the interrogation process of your seat assigning for uh, Rise of the Resistance is awesome. Um, but it because it's a show, it's not really... There's no place for you to ask the cast member that you would like a particular seat. It's not really that kind of thing. And I know we're a bit nitpicky here. We're well, we're kind of spoiled. I at do want to move like into the
0: idea of it being a show. Yes. Like the first order is telling you where to sit because you're an in interrogation and you know, things go from there. The show is actually what saves the attraction. Not saying the attraction is bad by any means, but why is it still so fantastic? Even if you're in the second car, it's because the whole product from start to finish is absolutely phenomenal. There's two rides in one. Yep. I said it spoiler alert. There's two rides in one and instead of having a million pre-shows, this attraction does such a fantastic job of combining a, all a bunch of little parts of the queue and pre-shows and making it one long long actual attraction 20 minute experience. But in reality, not really, because really you're standing around.
1: I think Flight of Passage really wanted to be um you know, this cohesive, fluid thing. But really, it just feels like a lot of preamble and a lot of going through the motions and and just kind of wishing you could get to the meat of the issue (laughs) being the actual simulator ride. Whereas Rise of the Resistance, the uh, preamble of sorts, is really integral to the experience in a way that Flight of Passage just couldn't quite uh, encompass. So the great thing about
0: about Rise of the Resistance is that you do combine all those different elements that we've seen in previous pre-shows, previous queues, previous rides. And it just creates a completely custom experience where for the first time ever, that includes all theme parks you've ever been to. Your, your queuing experience completely blends with your riding experience. And that is just something that must've taken so much more than just designing this ride. Like it's, it's the whole product that is absolutely unbelievable. And I think that once you will experience it for yourself, and you will do the first part of the attraction, and then you get again spoiler alert, to the start of the story, and then you do the second half of the attraction, which is the main part of the attraction, and then you end up back in Batu. It's it's all a complete circle, and I think it's the first time ever that that circle has actually been complete.
1: So I like, think from start to finish, complete circle. If I had to pick like my favorite or I think the best component of this attraction, because there's a lot of things going on, I really think it is truly the cast member roles that are played. The, um, the character roles, because they're not just ride operators, every person that works on this ride um, and interacts with the guests are playing a part in a experience. They're not just pushing buttons and dispatching rides, they are acting. And even if there is
0: a bit of a switchback you're using, inside those switchbacks there are cast members that are actively engaging and acting. And then, of course, you get to where the pre-show starts, and that's when it really
1: kicks in. Every single bit is acting; it's all a production. Um, and, and you can have fun with it too. I mean, you can get into it. Cast members will stay in character, and you can bring your own. Uh, <laughs> basically, I mean, you've you've kind of you've been apprehended by the uh, the first order. So the cast members that you're dealing with are members of the first order who are trying to uh, extort information about the uh, resistance out of you and they'll rough you up a little if you let them verbally of course but that's all part of the show it's part of the experience and and uh, it's it's fun to get involved in it it's kind of it's 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 uh it's yours to make of it what you will um and really i think uh with the other location positioning based dark rides that we've ridden um that might be the most exciting aspect of the ride for a lot of people, because it's maybe something they 've never seen before. you know vehicles themed to droids that seem to have a mind of their own and operate um, by themselves for a lot of people, that is the major major like wow factor characteristic of the ride, but for us, I think it's the cast members I think the biggest,
0: biggest wow for me was between the first party attraction and the second part of the attraction when you first entered the the star the destroyer. Star destroyer. They did such a great job of capturing you, like not just capturing you like by first order, but capturing you as in like captivating. Just walking into that first major component of the Star Destroyer, which that'll have you discover yeah. on your own if you don't know it yet. I mean,
1: pictures of it uh, are all over the place. It's it's you, breathtaking.
0: It's breathtaking. It's just so serene and so clean and so large. And you're just it really uh, taking you It really takes you to another place. And I think it's the first time ever that I was inside of an attraction, inside of a show building where I truly felt like I was not in a show building. Yeah. Even Tron, which I love to death, it's a show building and it's you can't ride. hide it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is the first time I was ever in a show building where I did not feel like I was in a show building. I felt like I was transported somewhere way out of, way out into space. And the I was seamlessness so of it
1: is unmatched.
0: And that continues on the ride. Like, Of course you're on a Starship or Star Destroyer and there's a lot of outer space things happening. They did such a great job making it seem like you're in outer space the entire time. But never did I feel like I was in a show building. Never did I feel like I was on a ride. Um, so even though, yeah, I, you know, we were in the second vehicle today, and perhaps I didn't quite like it as much as the first vehicle, but no matter what, the ride does a really good job keeping you in that environment and, compl- you know, and just m- immersing you
1: 100%. We talked about, um, we really want to do, we want to shake up our, uh top 20 disney attractions we did an article uh, about that after our first shanghai disney visit in 2017 and uh after we wrote rise of resistance we kind of we had to ask ourselves like okay i think it's time to rewrite the article um with this ride in it obviously and you know a lot of other changes too but it's the ride that makes us want to re-evaluate like what makes a great disney attraction and, and uh You know, where the standard is, where the bar is, uh, as far as the whole industry is concerned. Um, Based on our first ride, we were confident that it was, you know, third in command, only behind our beloved uh, Shanghai Disney one-two punch of Pirates and Tron, which that was where they were in the 2017 article. And I don't know if that'll change anytime soon, but... And even though I may not
0: think that Rise of the Resistance, having ridden the second car and having dealt with the whole operational nightmare again, um, I may not necessarily think it's in the top three. I do still think it's definitely in the top ten. Like, it's definitely going to end up in the article. And I do believe it's still Walt Disney World's best attraction. Yeah. Like, Walt Disney World finally got something that didn't feel like just another version of something else, besides Animal Kingdom or Epcot, of course. But I just felt like it was finally a big e-ticket attraction that was... Not rough around the edges. It was completely polished. 100% of product that I was looking for in in you know in this resort so badly. Shanghai has it. Um, Paris, Disney, in, to an extent yeah. has it. Tokyo Disney has it. Anaheim has a couple of attractions that are much more polished than Walt Disney World. But this was the first time I finally felt like Walt Disney World lived up to its name. Yeah. Like Walt Disney World. Like you finally
1: have something that would go there for. Finally, it, it was something I mean, I live around the corner. That but. wasn't you know lowest common denominator. Exactly. Easy. You know. We talk about Disney World has, you know, Disney can rest on its laurels because people just go because it's Disney World,
0: and a lot of people don't get exposed to other Disney resorts. So for them, that Big Thunder is the Big Thunder. But for me, that's the worst Big Thunder. Yeah, and for them, that Space Mountain is the Space Mountain. But I prefer like several of the
1: other Space Mountains and Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyone talk about that? Right. And Walt well, Disney Magic World. Magic Kingdom. It's horrible. Is awful.
0: But, you know, anywhere else in the world, there are much superior versions. So it's nice to finally have an attraction about Disney World, especially at Hollywood Studios, the park that I never really considered to be that nice. To have a ride, I'm like... Willing to wake up at 5 a.m., wait 12 hours on the day, lingering, waiting through the queue, getting dumps, having to go through fast pass, wait a half day again to get on that thing. It's worth it, in my opinion. Today was a mess,
1: by the way. Like we yeah, so what we're kind of alluded to, to it, but really explicitly. Yeah,
0: let's let's run let's run over it real quick. So today is um, January 3rd. This was the first day that all annual pass holders have been unblocked for the year. And it was a really really busy day. This was, and it was a, it was a busy day, and it and was also the day was was a with the most day. downtime for Rise of Resistance so Since far. It yeah. So we got into the we got to the park around six. We got inside around 6.20. Then we waited till seven. We just rope drop to you no know, go join a boarding group. We got assigned number sixty seven at like seven oh one. Which sixty 67- seven. Isn't you know I mean, generally it would be like a twelve
1: p.m. like yeah, boarding time. Not a bad or like most or, days. Or, Yeah, like it really. I mean, it, maybe even earlier than that. I mean, we, we got we were boarding at one fifteen, but the ride had suffered a lot of downtime. Yeah. So I would say that even sooner than that would have been normal. The the ride on average seems to load about one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and thirty boarding, groups, boarding a groups a day.
0: So 1.15 came, and after every time we thought we were closed, it would like break down and would stop distributing boarding groups or calling boarding groups for about an hour or so. So finally, we got we into the queue, and we see the queue is like way out the building. That's where the first day we went, we walked straight onto the pre-show. And now we waited, uh, with all the downtime, about 2 hours and 20 minutes, because at 3.36 p.m., right after the pre-show, um, we didn't enter the first part of the attraction We actually got dumped Yeah. Which meant that after waiting for a long time Given Disney gave us water, popcorn, and chips In the cube for free Which is nice And you know, it's a good good recovery for people who have already been waiting Since 6am to get on this ride um, But anyways right before, ju- right before boarding the attraction's first part We got dumped And we got a fast pass to come back However There was no SNL when the ride was going to reopen Which had been the story all day so we went to Epcot, had some food, went to Magic Kingdom, posted the Tron light cycle power run, vehicles, came back to Disney Hollywood Studios, and it was... We stroll up, um, and, like, the was, rides still hadn't reopened. Like, I had boarded a couple of groups, and the queue was full, but, like, there was no one boarding. At this point, I realized, like, we're still 87,
1: and I think they closed at 94, last one for the day. But this was the first day, I think, If if, if not... The first day in a while, maybe the first day ever that they didn't even board a hundred boarding groups. I, I'm not sure for certain, but the ride had such a tremendous amount of downtime today. It, I, it was just down, more and it was up. The app says that they'll board any. Basically, it says anyone that's in group boarding group 125 or above or below. Uh, 125 or above may not get boarded. Uh, but it pretty much indicated 125 is, like, the yeah. minimum of hitting. Yeah. And people even, like, that, have if tips you're in online saying, like, yeah. if you
0: have over 125, don't worry. You may even get on. Yeah. Well, people that were above 94 never got on. And this yep. park had been open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. I'm yep. not kidding. It's, it's now how many hour operating day? Like, 15 hour operating day?
1: It's incredible.
0: Uh, um, so we got back. To the ride around seven twenty or so, mm-hmm. uh, or around seven, and we waited around a little bit, and then they were opening the queue. But I noticed on my app that I got a fast pass that was also available as a multi-experience app. When they scanned my Magic Band, when they dumped the queue, however, for some reason, I don't think Alex's Magic Band was scanned properly. Mine did not get scanned properly because he did not have a you no know, my Disney Experience like extra um, multiple experience fast pass which was also available for um, for rise to the resistance so we kind of saw there was going to be a problem coming up because we know that the moment that they're going to open the fast pass queue for the returns people are going to flood it and it's going to be a problem if you don't have a fast pass sure enough mine scans in alex is like being put to the side they tried to separate
1: us and and put i'm me like in like a different group and i like and no. it all had
0: been a stressful day but at this point we have been there for like over 12 hours trying to get on this right yeah. so i'm no, we kind of had to argue with them. We, we kind of like, laid we down the law. Same, and we, were we were like, like we're the same boarding group. We're wearing the same outfit. We're wearing outfit. the same outfit. We have, you know, my fast pass scanned. His didn't. But we're the same boarding group. Like, look we look at our We have the paper
1: trail of us being on group 67. I was the one that made the reservation for boarding group 67. Yeah, and I
0: was the one that actually got a fast pass because mine scanned and his didn't. So uh, after a short argument. They've they, been having a lot of problems. They've been us, having obviously. so many problems. They were just like, okay, we believe you guys. Walk on. It definitely helped wearing the exact same disney outfit yeah um so we got on and then we walked on pretty rapidly and then we got the second vehicle yeah we were in and out in
1: 40 minutes
0: yeah which is not bad for rides because it's a rise of the resistance is, is an experience like yeah. you do a lot you know it's not even necessarily the main attraction the main ride um so i enjoyed the ride and the cool thing about rides of resistance is that depending on the time of day the ride kind of changes so like at nighttime. The ride scenes will be, like, themed tonight and during the day, the ride scenes will be themed to, like, the day, which is nice. Um, so we got to experience it with, like, the night theme for the first time. But, yeah, I must I must admit, when we got back to the station, the last scene wasn't working. And I know I had been having mad difficulties today, so I didn't really care about the last scene. Yeah, we were just glad but we had the ride. But having to deal with that much of a waiting and that much of a production to get on the ride and then realizing for the first time that, that second
1: vehicle has such an altered ride experience... It definitely changed my mind about the ride. Yeah. And I just, the park really, at first we were really disappointed because we just felt like the park had dropped the ball operationally because we weren't sure, you know, after they dumped the crew and gave us, uh, 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 dumped the queue and gave us fast passes, we weren't sure how it was working as far as like calling other boarding groups. I think our problem was that
0: we had been called. We waited two and a half hours in the queue. Then we watched the pre-show, and for some reason, after that, they dumped us. And I was like, yeah. why haven't you dumped us way before? The writers been yeah. down for hours. Yeah. And now you're waiting, having us do the pre-show, and writers are about to board. You're dumping us? I was like, are the people behind us in line that are going to wait in the queue, get on, that are late
1: boarding groups? Because they started, boarding, they started increasing boarding groups for a second while we were also waiting. The prob- they don't have any other way of informing people who got dumped and are waiting on fast passes, they don't have any other way of notifying these people that the ride is open again, except for boarding groups being accepted. So say in our case, we were in boarding group 67. The ride broke down and dumped the queue at boarding group 73. But there's no way to know that the ride had reopened except for checking on the app and seeing that they were boarding group 74. But the problem is, before
0: they started boarding group 74, they would open a fast pass first. So they would let anyone in that was dumped. So it could be hours before you knew if the ride had reopened, and by the time you got there, it was
1: guaranteed down again. Yeah. Which is kind of how it went all day. The system so it was frustrating for people. It wouldn't feel so flawed, the system of, as, of being notified when the ride is open again, if the ride wasn't constantly up and down.
0: Yeah, and for us, no, we live local, so it was kinda one of those things we're like, okay, well we can come back next week if we really wanted to. But I think the problem was that we shared like a family experience for two and a half hours with another family in the queue, and they had traveled here from Rochester, New York Rochester, New York, and they spent the entire day trying to ride this thing. And after two and a half hours of waiting and being like kinda disappointed I have to spend that much money, the queue got dumped and I felt nothing but embarrassment on behalf of my local park. I was like, wow, this really sucks. Yeah. These people spent thousands of
1: dollars to go with their family, and now the entire day is blown, and they got dumped right as they board. It's really, like, we, we're very fortunate. We've done a lot of amazing things. So when we complain, per se, <laughs> about stuff like this, it's really it's not about us. We love Disney World, and we love talking to other enthusiasts and other disney people and really we just there's nothing
0: more exciting than hyping up the ride as we're in a queue I'm like it's worth it like yeah. we've been standing here for two and a half hours it's worth it you yeah. cannot wait it we come outside to go to the first part of the ride and just, i felt dealt,
1: yeah. i was like wow great we're i hyped like, like, wow. this ride up and i cannot do anything yeah. about this anymore i like, had this feeling of like <laughs> wow we are clowns like disney <laughs> made a fool of us today <laughs> because we were up here we spent two hours talking up your ride uh, and then <laughs> just to be dumped, <laughs> just just for you to dump the cue on us when that should have been the procedure right away. Uh, so it's I, the, I, I know that it's a it's a work in progress for Disney, and ultimately um, they did come through with a pretty uh, surprising uh, service recovery. Because once we got home, we found anyone from group ninety four to one twenty five got comp tickets for tomorrow
0: and a guaranteed fast pass for rides to the resistance. So, not just kudos to, to the operations team and whoever, you no know, marketing, whoever was in charge of that. I wanna give a huge shout out to the cast members who are at that ride, who are in that area, because the mobs were mad. We were kind of upset. Everyone was just upset. Everyone spent the entire day trying to get on this ride. The lines were all the way down to like map Vision of people who were hopeful to get the boarding group call today, which they didn't get called. People, everyone who was there waiting also showed up before 7. Because otherwise, there's not even a reason to wait. So you got to understand that everyone there at like 9, 8, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., they're just upset. They want to ride, and it's been all day. Either they never got called, they got called and waited, waited and waited and got hours gone.
1: for their boarding group to get called after so, the app told them it would be,
0: and that it didn't happen. So the cast members had to deal with a lot of upset guests. And to be honest, they did a really phenomenal job. I want to say that for a park that is such a mass production or for a resort— their cast members, their team was on point. They did a good job. They helped out where they could. They were well trained, and I want to give a shout out to to everyone that we the dealt whole, with. They always stayed nice. Yeah, the whole always.
1: Galaxy's Edge team. I mean, by and large, I think the staff at Disney World, the ride ops, and and just everyone that we I know it's probably a privilege to
0: work our, that attraction or area, but still, whoever they deserve in general, to work and general, I did think a good the Disney job. World
1: staff is is incredible in their courteousness and their friendliness, and it's. It's full. It's fully populated by people who clearly love to work there and love um, to serve and delight the public, but especially uh, Galaxy's Edge and Rise of the Resistance. I because think.
0: these people deal with
1: angry mobs of people all day long. The staffing these was members, incredible, not just yeah. how friendly and attentive they were, but how many people. Like It was all hands on deck. There was dozens of cast members running around with iPads. Making adjustments to people's vacation plans to accommodate the fact that um, rise of the resistance may, may at the time there was no guarantee that it would reopen um, and uh, cast members you know it's, instead of taking this like one size fits all approach with people I could overhear bits and pieces of conversation of, of cast members getting to know these people and their and whatever. It, whatever uh, struggle this Rise of the Resistance operational disaster day was uh, contributing to and finding out what their plans are and what they're able to do and trying to, to provide a solution that works with everyone's everyone's plans. Instead of just throwing tickets and fast passes at people and saying, you know, here here's a solution, for the people that, you know, were, were there at the ride at 7 or 8 p.m., you know, waiting, trying to get on, um, I, th- I think there were enough cast members on hand to, to help make sure that people had a tailored solution to their issue. And I think it diffused a lot of the.
0: And I think it was part of damage control because if you're going to just give out fast passes to everyone in the mother today, then tomorrow's operation is also going to be a mess because are you going to be able to even get the boarding group eighty if you have like hundreds of fast passes from the day before
1: yeah.
0: and hundreds of fast passes of your downtime on a Saturday? So I think they did a good job like meeting people's needs. And overall, I I was I was pretty impressed. So take that for what you will. The ride itself was very impressive, but I think the overall production, even outside of the front entrance of the ride, um, they they got a good team. They have a good thing going for them. And whether or not I really do believe that there should be better alternating between vehicle one or two. In the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If it's your first time riding, I would say deal with that hassle. If there's a hassle, if there's an operational delay, just Honestly, do with it. It'll be worth your day. Yeah, um, It's the first time I ever thought Hollywood Studios was worth a full day, and that's because I would wait all day long at a park just to write that. I don't care what I'm doing.
1: We spent a lot of time there today. I'm, I'm a little Hollywood Studioed out right oh, now. Oh, for sure. But um, there is a lot to appreciate there. We actually um, we have a confession to make. This was the first time today uh, while we were biding our time before our reservation group was called. We... Actually, we watched the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular, and uh, we had never actually done that before because it's, I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that we're, if we're any kind of Disney people, we're ride Disney people, we're there for the roller coasters and the dark rides and, and that kind of thing. So shows... I, I, we always like the idea of shows, but sometimes it's a yeah, there's hard a few sell. Around, there's a few shows around the
0: world that I really, really like. It's going to be like Waterworld, Water <laughs> Hollywood, or Chamberlain, Ocean Kingdom's Ocean Resistance. Ocean Resistance. I mean, there's, <laughs> I would literally watch that every day of my life and never stop. But then when Cinemagic, it comes to Disney,
1: <laughs> Disneyland Paris. Yeah, when it comes to Disney World, we <laughs> are usually not
0: the biggest fans. Just because it's super crowded. I feel like some of the shows are not that good, but they get hyped up. Like fantastic at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hollywood I'm Studio. sorry, people, but that's not good. We
1: love Fantasmic, but not that
0: fantastic No, Fantasmic Hol- uh, in and Anaheim and Fantasmic in Tokyo are much better. But that's a whole different story I don't want to yeah. get into. I'm not trying to sound elitist. But yeah. uh, other than that, we really enjoyed the, the stunt show. And I really hope so they great. keep it forever. So that was really great.
1: India's is special for a lot of reasons, but... I think the OG ride is It's, the, the, last, yeah, OG charge it's charge. the last. It's the last remaining original attraction for Hollywood Studios. Since you know there was a lot of uh, potential there with the Great Movie Ride and the, the Studio Backlot Tour, as far as repurposing into uh, uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and Galaxy's Edge, respectively. You know, I think of as, uh, no matter how much you loved those rides, I guess you could say it was a fair trade because now. Uh, we've exchanged the uh, original rides at Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios, rather, for um, perhaps the most marketable characteristics of the res- that the resort has seen in a while. Um, maybe you can throw Toy Story Land in there too, because that was all. Well, I think Star lot. Wars makes people travel more because Star Wars isn't. You know, every Disney park has had a Toy Story. Land. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I mean that the Toy Story Land that. Uh, it sits on the old uh, oh, okay. tram tour lot gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. as well mm-hmm. so like by sacrificing the tram tour we got Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land and we got Runaway Railway which we're super excited about um, in exchange for a Great Movie Ride which I loved Great Movie Ride but it's also an acquired taste and uh, in this era where people come to Disney World to eat, sleep, and breathe Disney you know no surprises there um the Wizard of Oz wasn't Yeah, there. Singing in the Rain and Alien and some of these, you know, the movies that um, were represented in, in the early MGM Studios uh, premise attractions, you know, maybe haven't aged as well as attractions that focus on Disney IPs. So um, as much as I miss that final scene with the uh, Wizard of Oz there at the end, it's kind of I'd say it's a fair trade. I think uh, Runaway Railway has a lot of potential, and we're excited to see it come. To I think them. the
0: location's are perfect. We were talking about it earlier. We're sitting on a bench. Again, we're killing time today. So we're sitting on this bench in front pretty of relaxing, it. relaxing, a little stressful. And we're just kind of like, you know, finally, Walt Disney World, and Disneyland for that matter, are going to get their Mickey ride. It's yeah. all about Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, but it never, there was never a Mickey ride, and it's now the there great, is a Mickey ride. I'm it was so always excited. the
1: great head scratcher. It's like, oh, this whole resort is built around a mouse, but he doesn't have a ride.
0: Yeah and, some separate <laughs> and you know what Speaking of first Because no Indiana Jones Was our first time It um, was also Our very very first time Waiting in standby queue For Rocker Roller Coaster Believe it or not I have never seen A standby queue And I must have mm-hmm. Written this ride right At least a yeah, hundred times me Never seen The standby queue For Rocker Roller Coaster Here And I learned it's so small I'm, like, terrified of the idea of waiting in it if it's not 7 a.m. Rock and Roll Coaster
1: had a three-hour wait all day today, which means that That means
0: that it was just all Fast we're Passes just like coming
1: in. Moving at one person every 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what makes my heart cry. We get those fast passes in there. But, yeah, so that was, that was
0: really fun. Um, in general, I would say we had a good day. Rise of Resistance was worth having to deal with this whole ordeal. And if it's your yeah. first time riding, I'll be honest, whatever you can, try to get on it. Because there's no better ride at Walt Disney World. Yeah, this is our favorite no, because we like people moving better, but yeah. that's just because we're weird. We're
1: just weird. <laughs> we, we love people moving. <laughs> and more. once Tron
0: opens, and um, you know, Cosmic Rewind, maybe we'll like those better. But as of right now, yeah, I think it's my favorite. Well, I think it's the best ride at the Hollywood Studios. I House. think. I, well, I, I, I th- mean, I Hollywood, would say Rise the
1: Yeah, well, at at Rise of the Hollywood Resistance. I right. would say is objectively, probably objectively the best ride uh, in Central Florida right now. Um, which is hard for me to admit as such a huge, huge fan of rides like Spider-Man and Hagrid's Escape from Gringotts. I think Hagrid's biggest flaw is that it's outside,
0: so it's way harder to control the whole, you know, to control the environment. The elements, yeah. To control the elements. so on Rise of Resistance, like we mentioned, it's flawless. I feel like I'm completely transported. For the first time ever, I feel like I'm not inside a show building. And no matter what you try, even though you're not really in the show building much, and Hagrid, you're, you know, you can still see Rock and Roller Coaster in the distance, you can still see it, that there's a big giant painted wall that is definitely not a real tree. so, Are you, just, I don't you know. can see Rock and Roller Coaster from Hagrid? Oh, I meant, like, um, <laughs> about <Rocket>. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: that was cute. Um, but either way, um, yeah, Ride to Resistance, really great ride. Total slam dunk for the park. I mean, once they, once they get that thing running consistently, which, I mean, they're not far off, it's, for what that ride does, the amount of things that it combines, it's, it's got it's got so much going on that when you ride it, it, you really, whether you care about Star Wars or not, the ride system is so incredible. that uh, You can't help but applaud seeing all of this tapestry of technology just work in harmony.
0: Which is why the downtime is not surprising. There's so many elements. We're kind of just thinking like, oh, what's, what could it be What's it's down yeah. now? Because there's a million
1: things that it could I be. I would be so curious to know because it broke down. It had at least three bro- three separate breakdowns in excess of at least an hour and a half today. Yeah. Uh, with combined overall downtime of several hours. I want to know if it's the same component three times or three different components one time. Just out of morbid curiosity. I could almost, you could take bets based on rear rides and, uh. Knowing the components of the ride well enough, asking yourself, was it the pre-show, pre-ride carousel? Was it the Kylo Ren final scene? Was it the drop track sequence? There's just so many things going elevators, on. Elevators, yeah, what was it? Yeah, elevators up, elevators down. Like It really is a testament to uh, what they've accomplished here. When you think about all the things that could go wrong, and then I sit back and think, well, yeah, we kind of jumped through Rings of Fire, to ride it today. But you know what? We did ride it. And I feel very fortunate to have ridden it twice now. Very fortunate to have ridden it twice and, and be in a position to say that <laughs> maybe it's not our favorite, but uh, still an objectively uh, spectacular ride and a real uh, slam dunk for the uh, Walt Disney World Resort in uh, Central Florida.
0: And a thing going into this episode after today I kind of had a certain opinion, but then talking about it and thinking about all the aspects again, yeah, I definitely, it's a very solid attraction. For most people, they're not going to experience it more than once in their life or once a year, depending on how much, you know, how frequently the the general Walt Disney World go or go to Walt Disney World. And if it's just like a once in a very long time kind of attraction,
1: it is just absolutely spectacular and memorable. And it helps that right before we decided to record, we were procrastinating because we were tired and we had some dinner. And uh, we saw on social media that they were giving away Hollywood Studios admission. Definitely for changed the mood because people were just mad, and like you, you kind of feed off of that. Like the line for guest services like, wow, really was a hundred people long. We were joking about how they were going to take do reservation boarding groups for guest services now because <laughs> you know, boarding zone one through eight cannot be mis- guest my services. My <laughs> Disney plus, Disney Plus My Disney Magic pass for guest services. <laughs> um. But no, I think um, looking at the situation objectively and seeing Disney uh, really bend to cater uh, to the people and to uh, do their best to right the wrongs and, and to dam- control the damage in a very public, unapoli- like, unapologetic... It was very professional as yeah. far as
0: I felt, and this is not to, to, to trash Universal, but... Whenever there's Hagrid issues, it was just kind of like, oh, well the ride closed early. Oh, well the ride's opening late. They sweep it. Well, in the there's like yeah. no information whatsoever, and Disney does such a good job communicating with the guests. Even if it's hard to find out when the ride's open or not, I'm pretty sure they yeah. don't even know when the ride's open or not. Yeah. So they did a really good job communicating about when you can ride, how tickets work, how your money was spent, and how you're still getting your value and how they're helping you. That's why I haven't quite gotten the vibe with all the Hagrid issues. And let me
1: tell you, there's haggard issues. Yeah, we can't for- we can't discount it's. It- Living in Central Florida, 2019 has been the year of, of, I think more so than ever, has been the year of Star Wars versus Harry Potter, uh, with major marquee Star Wars and Harry Potter attractions opening uh, at around the same time. We have with uh, Galaxy's Edge opening uh, in May of this year at Disneyland, and then uh, Hagrid opening here in Orlando in June, and then followed by... Um, Galaxy's Edge uh, here in Orlando. Thereafter, and then Rise of Resistance, of course. Um, but we can't discount the fact that Rise of the Resistance is having problems. But it's also only three weeks old, uh, whereas yeah, Hagrid soon. is a year uh, is half a year old and is still stumbling its way through its its fledgling uh, operations. We went the day after Christmas to Universal. Everything had a crazy long line, relatively speaking, except for Hagrid. Hagrid
0: because Hagrid was running yeah. like nine or so vehicles, and we got, or maybe even more, maybe nine 10, 11. And we got on and we got off within an hour, even though like the entire switchbacks, like the entire queue was full, every possible bit of queue, and then we waited through Hogsmeade. We got on within an hour. Then we go back on yesterday, totally, like yeah. the 2nd of January. We kid you not, the line was like seriously over five hours yeah. long. They were running like.
1: Four or five, five four trains. trains. It was
0: horrible for at least it was horrible for the waiter because I mean even if the
1: line looks short, you were just not moving. Yeah, we knew something was up because uh, you know on that on our December twenty sixth visit, I mean you could you could almost you could catch four Hagrid trains in your field of vision at once. You're standing on that that little area on the exit where you can kind of admire the ride after the fact, in a for a few flashes there, you could see four trains at once versus uh. <laughs> the other mess. day where it, it, for a moment there there was no train invisible at all um this is another situation where we feel for the cast members and really applaud um their ability to um to to um that's the word I'm looking for to diffuse uh the visiting public because it's a stressful time and i we, we talked a lot about the general energy, the aura of people being in Orlando on vacation right now for the holidays and this general feeling of everyone is surprised at how busy it is. Like everyone's surprised. People, and plan, such a problem. <laughs> people plan these trips. Uh, and they all that all that they need to, to, to give themselves the green light is the fact that well everyone's off of work and school. So obviously that means we can go to Disney World, or we can go to Universal Studios, and that's it. That's that's where the thinking process, the planning process stops.
0: But then they pull up the parks, and there's three-hour lines, or they didn't realize that they had to be there by seven because the seven or two and were out of boarding They hoarding, show up, and they're like, "Oh and-
1: wow!" Like.
0: What do you mean I can't Rise resistance? People, Honey, we showed up at six in the morning for this. Yeah. Like, were you part of this? No. Like, I'm sorry. It's like <laughs>
1: wow. Other people are also not in school and not working during the holidays too. that's <laughs> the
0: only warm place in the country and right decided now. I had to, had come to Florida
1: So I just I don't know. I I always want people to have a great time here because what's you know. What's good for Orlando is, is, is good for a lot of people. And, and what's good for Orlando is people coming and being happy and enjoying themselves and wanting to come back. But this time of year, I really – the consumer, man, consumers need to take more responsibility for the stuff that they get themselves into because people are just arriving in Orlando, showing up at Universal, stumbling into Walt Disney World. They've spent all this money and they're just – not prepared. Blissfully ignorant of all of the other people that are here, and then they and then they have the audacity to be shook. And it's like, oh no. You could have saved yourself a lot of grief. It's a quick Google search away. I mean it's you shouldn't it's not even something you should have to Google. Like you said, it's the only warm place in the United States right now, except Hawaii and Texas and Southern California. Dude, they've been pretty cold yeah. Yeah, yeah, Southern California had snow, so I guess yeah. Certainly the warmest place in the lower 48, and then and then people come here and expect it to not be just in totally insane, totally totally insane. Especially since the resorts have been you know trucking right along lately with these major attractions. I'm impressed with
0: all the increases in pricing that they're still doing so well. But I guess that's exactly why the prices are
1: increasing because they're still doing so well. People seem very confused, also by the idea that like Disney World can be too expensive and too crowded. And it's like, well, no. These you can't comp- if if you want to complain about both of these things, you have to take a step back and consider that these two things are related. If Disney World was as cheap as everyone wanted it to be, we can say with confidence that the crowd thing would we be way control. worse than it is now. Uh, no one wants to talk about resorts pricing people out so that it's not shoulder-to-shoulder in the parks. But unfortunately, it's still shoulder-to-shoulder in a lot of these parks, even with prices are what they are. Yeah, sounds so amazed, like,
0: walking up to Alan's Adventure and then looking at the tickets for like, a park hopper for a day. I'm like, damn. That's crazy. (laughs) Like, that's so crazy. Like, who would pay that? We're so smart. But then, like, you know, (laughs) there they are, five-hour lines for the rides. Everyone's there.
1: I guess we'll do it. We kind of become ignorant to it a little because we get desensitized. We have our annual passes. We have Well, California the annual passes are really once, expensive. But yeah. here,
0: there's like so little locals compared to the tourist that comes over that like season
1: passes are dirt cheap down here. Yeah, it's for Disney World. We pay a dollar a day. Yeah, that's it. It's like 370 and a year a for the we cheap go like annual pass. a, week, twice a week.
0: Yeah.
1: The only time we buy admission to parks is when we're in places where the Disney park in the city costs $74 for a one-day ticket. You know? Tokyo Disney, Shanghai Disney, Hong Kong, <laughs> and then we come back home and look at the the menu board for the uh, point of sale, and we're just like, "Oh my gosh, that's right! Like, we charge all this money to get in here, and it's super crowded. We must be doing something right."
0: But yeah, the whole point of this episode is kind of to to discuss how great rides of the resistance is, and I'd say that. There is, you know, the crowds all the Studios are definitely way higher than they used to be, and that's for a good reason, even if you don't get on the ride. The park has so much more to offer, and Galaxy Edge is a, is a good, you know, half-day spender if you're into it. So, yeah, I would say book your vacation to Walt Disney World and try to get on Rise of Resistance. I think it's worth
1: it. If you book your trip now for, like, the spring, you may not have to worry too much about the uh, operational hookups because today was a yeah i would say january today February was hard a good month. but you know march was, is busy but today was a was a loss in a sea of victories i don't think anyone needs to worry about extrapolating the operation today if anything people should focus on how well disney ultimately handled it with the uh comp admissions and fast passes and things and trying their best to accommodate uh the needs of their of the people on resort and um and, and you know, plan plan your Disney trips and your Universal trips with uh, limited worries. And uh, just look at the crowd calendars, budget properly, have reasonable expectations, and make sure your favorite ride isn't going to be down for seasonal maintenance. Always oh, important. Always important. And as we just started
0: 2020, of course, we have a couple things on the pipeline because it wouldn't be us if we didn't already... Plan for another great successful, hopefully, year. <laughs> so, plan. recently we just launched a bunch of little articles. They're kind of like listicles that like we kind of look at the worst parks we've been to, the best parks we've been to, Biggest favorite surprise coasters of 2019, European, um, parks, European stuff, coasters. like what kind of bro coaster from the decades. So, honestly, if you're kind of looking for some fun listicles and kind of get some opinions of us, I would say totally go to the coasterkings.com and check out some of those recent articles. And then what we're working on now um, for the next couple of months is we're doing a quick Disneyland Paris trip in February. it really fun because last time I went to Disneyland Paris, I sat on a rock in front of Space Mountain crying because I wanted to ride to so Bentley. It was a shit show the whole day. And the whole day was a shit show operationally. And they just scan kind of tell everyone, well, it's open tomorrow. And I was like, well, tomorrow like, we love, we left in Los Angeles again. I need We to ride
1: Disneyland Paris, but it's also... Yeah, so we're
0: we'll excited to give another shot in February. It's gonna be cold, it's gonna be not gonna be that busy. It's our sixth place, favorite it.
1: Disney resort out of six.
0: <laughs> However, Disneyland Park, Paris is actually Park, good. Paris We is rated gorgeous. number four.
1: Yes. Um, so we're gonna do that. We we're gonna go to California. New
0: California, like so, two weeks
1: from now. Hopefully, yeah.
0: That's, we got some West Coast racers we in. We are so
1: excited for West Coast racers. We're Knott's so Perry excited Farm. for Magic Mountain. Gotta go to Knott's Berry Farm and get our Papa Loca fries. Get our fries. Right, for event.
0: And in May, we are, believe it or not, doing a China <laughs> We're Going trip. to
1: China again.
0: That's <laughs> the plan, at least. But that's the plan, at least. We're in pretty good shape. It's right after the Canton Fair, which is a big Chinese trade fair. Like, the largest fair in the world, actually. Like, the largest convention, World's fair. And it's in, it's in South China, which is where we're going as well. So, like, Guangzhou. So, we're waiting until after it's over, and then we're flying out to China. And then we're going to South China at the end. Yeah. So, kind of just, you know, give ourselves a buffer. And the weather should be nice enough. Trying to get on a new Fukoma firestorm in... Mm-hmm. Or no, a shockwave in Nanjing. In Nanjing. We um, obviously going to go back to Shanghai Disney for a day. We're going to go back to Chiang Ocean Kingdom. Chiang Ocean Kingdom. And probably then, two days. And then
1: parks in uh, West China. Yeah, Chengdu, yeah, Chongqing. We're, yeah, we're doing a little region. bit
0: of... Yeah, we're doing a little bit of middle China, like Chengdu and, um, or Chengdu and Chongqing. Mm-hmm. There's a couple
1: new parks, like a Taron clone yeah, from, from uh, the It's uh, yeah. opening in Chengdu Sunagland. at We haven't had we, had... we didn't have the best track record with sunak but we certainly had a better track record than happy valley so
0: yeah so very excited to do that um we have a visa expires in july so we won't get that's why we're going back so
1: soon is because sean's visa will be up in july and we may as well just get two shots out of it and then with our second uh china trip in a year under our belts we'll probably um Take China's, a little, actually, take a little China yeah. sabbatical. Twenty twenty one is going to be all Europe. about Europe. Yep, we're going to be a lot. We're going to do, do Europe. All everywhere. Of these parks in Scandinavia and Germany and even Great Britain,
0: France, Netherlands, Netherlands, France, Belgium. Belgium. There's Everyone. many new.
1: Riots opening. Everyone shooting now their and shots, next year So and we're getting Asia out of our system right now. Uh, while well, we've got the visa. Just really just Disneyland Paris, I think, for this year, for us, for Europe. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do like maybe a, we'll like like a, like a lightning fall, fall trip. Fall, or I kind like of want to do New Year's
0: at Efteling next year. That'd be fun, too. Uh, that'd be pretty fun. And maybe Europa Park, then the winter, because they're open. So there's a couple of options we have for later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're definitely looking at that. Um, personally, I'm trying to continue my, my travel agent stuff some more, kind of book some more vacations globally. So if you do have any like theme park trip chef coming up that are, International, or you want to go to Orlando and get the best deals and the best tips? You can always hit me up. I'm a I'm a travel agent as well. Um, and and that we're just kind of trying to, yeah, keep our side fresh with new articles, updates, travel the country a lot in the spring. We'll do a lot of, we'll go to Chicago, do Great America. We'll um, we're, we're going to new, new Jersey. We're New Jersey a lot this Definitely year. Definitely
1: a big New Jersey trip is in order.
0: So yeah, we'll just be hopping around the country in the spring. We'll do uh, you know, late spring we'll do. China, and then maybe in the fall we'll do some more Europe. Summer it's going to be mostly just Orlando Coaster stuff. Coaster Con
1: in June, we're probably I don't know if we'll like maybe officially like attend, two, but yeah, we crashed CoasterCon Con last year and we were pretty happy with that, so we may crash it again. Go ride Candemonium. So yeah,
0: we've got we got a lot coming up. Um, so make sure to follow along with us,
1: it's and please if you you know uh, email us, text us, send us an email, uh, message us on. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, carrier pigeon. If you see us in a park, flag us down, yell at us, whatever.
0: Yeah. But. And if you guys have ever any ideas of like, hey, I wish they would talk about this. We're trying to be, we're trying to get some more opinion pieces out there. We started to realize that whether parks or people like it or not, we have an opinion of things. And I think to care is to share. You know, like we love this this industry, we love what we're doing and our blogging, and so. You know we get pretty critical sometimes but the idea is that we do that because we know what to expect yeah. and we love it and we know what the park can do and what the park can do so if you've ever any idea of like wow i really would like an article that kind of talks about this or i wonder what the Costa kings think about this or what are the favorite parks here or there just hit us up we'll go we'll write an article about it yeah we'll get it live and you know we're always kind of trying to uh, to connect with our with our readers and connect with the industry We'll be back at the Apple too, I'm sure, this year. Yeah, oh, Lots of exciting yeah. things coming up. We have Sven coming over in, I think, June from Europe to do some, um, to do some Orlando, Orlando with us. Orlando Classics. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. So I'm really excited for this year. Um, 2019 was a pretty good year, but let's make 2020 even better.
1: Woo-hoo!
0: And then uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. We actually kept it under an hour yeah, today. Can you believe that? It's like... The last uh, episode was twice as long yeah so yeah check out the last couple of episodes we got a yeah. bunch of good episodes out there we talk about some of the things i'm sure you want to talk about including china or Hagrids, all that kind of good stuff so don't forget to follow us on social media go to our website thecoasterkings.com
1: blow us up send us messages say hi comment yeah on things like we actually we, we love hearing from from we you guys We love talking to you guys one of our favorite things about doing this
0: so continue to that yeah in 2020 maybe we'll so. even do a park meetup yeah mm-hmm. we'll see we'll, we'll know so we'll see but thank you guys so much uh, as always for, for your dedication and following us and your love and you know appreciating what we do and we appreciate what you guys do for us and so we look forward to uh, making 2020 an even better year Yeah. alright right, well that was Sean Hi, Alex and uh, we will see you on the next episode thank you so much